1: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
0: Hey guys, this is another episode of the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. San Diego's
1: number one sports podcast network.
0: This is episode 53- Wade, how come you're not back in studio yet? What happened to you?
1: The uh, second pandemic, second wave.
0: Is it technically the second wave?
1: Is it not even the second wave yet? Is it just that we fucked up so poorly?
0: We were uh, kind of debating this in our group chat. Just because it re-spiked, does, does that mean it's a second wave? Or is the second wave technically when it's supposed to like die down a little bit for like the season?
1: Mutate like a second string of the virus
0: yeah that's that's what i was trying to get at um strain two i don't know maybe strain is one thing wave is another thing uh we need a need a scientist to clear this up for us
1: yeah we got to call in rube
0: rube doesn't want to come on <laughs> we'll get rube someday uh on today's show we have another trade that's two trades for preller in the offseason it hurt. It hurt a lot. Did this hurt more than Fred Reyes?
1: Yeah, this one was very personal for me.
0: It was. Um, shout out and an R.I.P. to Franchi Cordero. I liked him way before Fred Reyes became a, a popular padre, uh, like fan favorite. I, li- I was always Team Franchi. Pretty much. Yeah. The-
1: I mean, so. you had the franchise franchise shirt.
0: Yeah, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that now. I, st- I guess still wear it proudly. It's a good shirt
1: hang it in the rafters when he becomes a hall of famer <laughs>
0: it'd be it'd be cool to put it like under glass and frame it <laughs> just no signature or anything it's just the shirt <laughs> if i have some disposable income uh, anytime soon i'll do that also on today's show we're gonna talk a little bit a little bit about the players who uh look like they're gonna make the roster we're recording this on the 21st which is tuesday so we're just a couple of days away from opening day so we're looking at some position battles uh Roster clarity in um, some guys who may or may not be performing well in summer camp. Um, uh, Austin Hedges and Eric Mid midseason and, oh, form. What's that? Midseason
1: form for both of them.
0: True, but <laughs> as we're seeing, midseason form is not always a good thing. Last thing we're going to do is deep dive on one guy who stood out, and shout out to Travis Radke again for a. Uh, Mentioned him in last week's pod as the guy to keep an eye out on. It's Edward Olivares. And um, I don't think many of us expected to be, you know, seeing a guy like him make all the noise in summer camp. He's never been a top 10 prospect in the system. He's never been a top 100 guy in baseball or even probably a top 150 guy. You had
1: Travis Nostradamus Radke.
0: Travis Radmosmus? Radmosis?
1: Yeah, workshop that. <laughs>
0: um, but Olivares, you know, in a deep system where there's lots of prospects that can kind of rise up out of nowhere. The Padres have one of the deepest systems in baseball. Um, always considered a really solid prospect. But now that the spotlight's on him and he's performing well, a lot of casual fans, a lot of, you know, really serious, dedicated fans are getting excited about him. And he could potentially get a lot of playing time this year as the, as the fourth outfielder. dh DH candidate some days, outfield spot other days. Um, he could be in line for some serious at-bats, which is exciting for him.
1: I haven't seen uh, his fielding. How would you rate his fielding?
0: Um, I haven't seen much of him in the field uh, on video personally. And it's kind of hard, even if you have, it's hard to judge a guy just, you know, by watching a few games where he's playing the outfield. But, you know, on like Baseball America or Fangraphs or um, MLB.com where they do the, the you know the twenty eighty scale values for all of his attributes i think he's he's marked as around a 50 55 in the field so can and, he
1: really only play left or can you stick him in right as well
0: i think i, I think he can play either corner and maybe even a, a, a shotter for a game or two in center field um, i mean Trent, i don't think gisham's frank not really a center fielder and taylor trammell's not really a center there's no fam's not a center fielder there's no center fielder on the roster so that's the only reason why i would say he could get some looks in center but other than that i think if you get a real center fielder in there he's a corner guy
1: fam's been kind of putting the wood on the ball fam's been uh swinging a hot stick
0: yes i think everybody's been happy with what fam's doing and i'm really happy that we have a dh so uh we can save his shoulder a little bit when we need to Um, not the outfield isn't just, I mean, the DH spot isn't just for Josh Naylor and Will Myers, but it's going to really help give guys a rest. I think Tingler is going to use it that way. I think we heard that in the broadcast where Tingler, um, had spoken to someone about, yeah, we want to give all of our guys kind of a rest. And it's nice to have the DH there where they get the guys off their feet. And then, you know, bat four times, which is pretty, you know, limited, uh, exercise, um, especially when, if you give it to Tatis, he's just gonna be jogging around the bases anyway, hitting home runs. So.
1: How about Naylor? How many pounds do you think he's lost?
0: He's so skinny. Is he I don't even know if that's a good thing for him, honestly. Like, like I'm sure he's at
1: least like 50 pounds, right?
0: I'm sure he's feeling good. It could be in that 40, 50 range. I have no idea. But if if he's feeling good, that's good for him. But sometimes losing a little bit of bulk um can sap some of your uh I don't know, maybe some of your power or some of your I, I don't know, but good for him. I don't know if that's what the Padres told him to do. He's always a pretty good athlete for his size. Um, I don't think maybe losing weight helps him get in the, get the outfield, uh, get in the outfield a little bit more and can get to more balls. But he, I thought I was always, I was never disappointed with his speed or um, his athleticism. It was just kind of his route just running and
1: funny watching him run routes and run the bases with like all that weight on him.
0: And it's also funny because his helmet and hat flies off immediately every time.
1: Yeah, never stays on.
0: <laughs> and that's I think that's just his hair. I don't think it has anything to do with his uh, chubby face or anything. But um, no, he looks he looks a little good. It's, it's always jarring when you see a guy who's heavier, lose a lot of weight fast and you don't see the transition. You just one day he's skinny. That's always a big, you know, it's hard to uh, accept the first time. I guess I'll get used to it.
1: Yeah, skinny nailer.
0: Hashtag skinny nailer. So before we get into all of that, I guess you kind of you kind of stole the thunder from our, our butt first. I was going to say opening day is just a few days away. How are you? What's your general feeling about the Padres? Um, are you happy? Just Wade thoughts. I guess we just got a lot of Wade thoughts.
1: I can't wait. I think we're going to go 60 and 0.
0: Well, I don't. why would you even say that? If you did think we were going 60, and 0, why would you even say it?
1: Is that like a no hitter jinx or something?
0: We haven't lost yet
1: true still undefeated
0: yeah so i don't why you're you're trying to make ruffle feathers here coming out day one um saying stuff like that i think that jinxes it
1: i mean just looking at the game the other night what last night um
0: that was a terrible pitch, game
1: pitching looked good it was a little tough to watch last night just no one even put the ball in play
0: <laughs> yeah garrett richards i thought looked pretty good um at least control wise, uh, the fastball had life on it. Um, he wasn't giving up a lot of hard contact, uh, didn't see a lot of, you know, big swing and miss in his arsenal, but you know, he still, he hasn't pitched like in a real game, um, consistently in years. So I know he, he came up at the end of last season, uh, struggled, but I mean, it's hard to really, you know, count any of that because he's coming off of, of a serious injury. I think, uh, he's had a full off season under his belt. It's been a weird off season, but extended off season. He's gotten lots of reps, uh, you know, in side sessions, bullpens and um, in summer camp. I think uh, it's, it's nice to finally have him healthy. And I think he's going to be a good leader for the staff, even if he's not the best pitcher, hopefully he's a good leader and can be a solid uh, two, three option.
1: Do we have him as our third man in the rotation right now? It's Sheriff and then Lamette, right?
0: I don't know. And I don't think it, really matters. I like the order for these guys other than, you know, who's going first. Um, well, not even really who's going, for, I, I I wouldn't have cared whoever is starting opening day, honestly, because I mean, it's, it's pretty
1: crazy. Like they're all only going to get like 10 starts, you know,
0: 10 to 12 maybe. Yeah. Or, or maybe 13, but yeah, there's not many opportunities to start. So I think by the end of the season, you're going to start seeing guys get skipped And so like who starts game one, isn't that big of a deal because by the end of the year, if there's a big game, like paddocks going to go on three days rest or Lamette will. And that, you know, you cut down to a four man rotation, or maybe we have an off day here and there where you can, uh, have them on normal rest, but still skip the fifth starter spot or something. So I think by the end you can get pretty creative with it. Or you can also, you know, uh, have the guy have like Quantrill come in for a spot, start here and there to save somebody's, uh, Spot in the rotation. I don't know. You get get really creative with it. True. We're gonna see a lot of weird things this season with the, with the not just the rotation but also the. the How fight. about
1: the uh, guy on second last night with the Padres? Just random run that they gave them.
0: <laughs> I don't like this rule. I'm already I'm already against it.
1: You're already anti.
0: I've never really seen it in practice because I don't watch a lot of minor league baseball, like live games, especially where they happen to be going to extra innings where you see it. Um, I'm just not. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense for Major League Baseball. Why not? uh, I know this is weird, but like, why not just end the game in a tie after 10?
1: I mean, that's very European of you.
0: It'd be the same for everybody. It's a long season. So like you get. It's it's not as bad as a loss. It's not as good as a win. It, it, like,
1: no, nah, this is America. You can't do that.
0: This is America. The NFL ends games in ties.
1: Yeah, I hate that. There should just be like a kickoff. Just have your kickers keep kicking further and further and whoever misses.
0: Well, what's wrong with the home run derby that we've talked about?
1: I, I'm all for it. But best on
0: best. You pick your best guy. You get five pitches or five yeah. swings. I mean,
1: anything, as long as there's no ties, I'm fine.
0: So you like you prefer this to the ties, the starting the guy on second? Yeah. I don't know. It's just it doesn't feel real to me. It feels it feels cheap.
1: I just thought last night's just random run that they gave the Padres was hilarious.
0: It was, yeah. Should have lost the game one zero and ended up stealing a couple um late. And then the whole game was so weird. Like they with two outs, they ended the inning and then they cha- and then the, the Angels ended up batting last for some reason. Um the whole thing was weird.
1: Yeah. Made no sense. But, but we get real baseball know?
0: on Thursday, I'm very excited.
1: Yeah. Can't wait for Thursday.
0: How about you give us a Simply Safe ad.
1: What's the number one sign of a bad home security system? A home security system that's so complicated you never use it. That's exactly the type of system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. Simply Safe was designed to be easy to use while protecting your whole home twenty four seven. Order online, open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It's that simple. Head to simplysafecom backslash team and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafecom slash team. It feels good to fear less. I never heard of half of these guys, and the ones I do know are way past the prime. Most of these guys never had a prime. This guy here is dead. I've been watching uh I think it's called Alone in the Dark on HBO, the documentary about the <laughs> California killer. Uh, could Sounds really use show. could really use a simply safe uh for my apartment right now after watching that.
0: Does that have you paranoid? Does that happen to you after you watch shows like that?
1: Yeah, I mean it I tend to watch it like right before bed on Sunday night cuz it's like one of those HBO Sunday night ones and <laughs> you know Kind of make sure I've locked all my windows.
0: <laughs> I always need a buffer show after watching something intense like that. So like, yeah,
1: throw on The Office or something.
0: Yes, like <laughs> you watch The Outsider, and then as I'm going to bed, I need to make sure Futurama is on.
1: Yeah, I respect
0: <laughs> that. Uh, so let's get right into the big stories. There's a couple ones. Uh, firstly, the trade. This this one hurt is is Franchi Cordero, Ronald Bolaños.
1: Right after we had said, who are we most looking forward to watching this year? Like right after.
0: Did we say Franchi?
1: Yeah, we both did.
0: They're not Bolaños. So what, it was just Franchi?
1: It was just Franchi. I think Bolaños is like, you know, whatever. See ya. <laughs>
0: <laughs> They're going to Kansas City for left handed reliever, Tim Hill. Did you know who Tim Hill was before this trade?
1: No, I instantly thought of like Hank Hill. Uh... <laughs> I didn't. I I feel like I know a lot
0: about. I know a lot of baseball players. I had no idea who Tim Hill was.
1: Yeah, thought it was Rich Hill for a second.
0: Ah, Rich Hill would have been nice. Then we could use Rich Hill. But starting with Hill here, we're going to just you know go over him real quickly. Submarine lefty, which is something we don't really have. Strom, I think, is the closest guy we have to that, and he's more of just coming in from the side. Um, Watching Hill pitch, he's more of a submariner. He's got four seamer, sinker, slider, more effective against lefties, obviously. Throws the sinker 45% of the time, which for a sinker baller isn't, you know, crazy, but 24% K rate, 8% walk rate. Last year, 363 ERA and a 384 FIP. So, you know, pretty true ERA. Didn't get unlucky. If anything, he got a little slightly lucky. He's under team control through 2024. And a little bit of a late bloomer because he made his first appearance for the Royals in 2018. So since, so hence the team control he still has on his deal. He's you know controllable for another four years. Um, gets a lot of ground balls in the 60% range, about eight Ks per nine, which is not amazing for a reliever. You like them you know over nine, over ten maybe, but for what he is, he's kind of like that past version of a Loogie. Uh, which don't don't aren't as common, I guess, in uh today's game because of that new three batter minimum rule. But he's uh a little better than that. I think he can get righties out. He's he's more capable than just that. You know, Oliver Perez type loogie pitcher. 186 versus lefties in 2019. Doesn't walk many people. Doesn't give up many home runs. Less than one per nine. Uh, 238 versus righties, but a 326 OBP versus righties. So that that on base is is a little high. It's close to league average. Um, Could do a little better, but for a middle relief guy, just gets a couple of lefties out in the inning, boom, get him out of there and that's it. So he doesn't have to face three if he's coming in to get a tough lefty out with two outs. Um, it's a contending move from Peller. It's it's sending the message that, you know, we like our outfield. We have a lot of candidates that we think can play the outfield. Um, Bolaños is like that, you know, buried in the depth chart of starting pitchers. He's not really a factor right now. Still young, but not really a factor. And I think they've seen enough. And you go get a middle reliever guy like this, who I think is going to play a lot this year. We've talked about how good the bullpen is and how deep it is. But getting another lefty reliever, a guy like this who's a submariner that can be really, really tough on lefties, I think is valuable for a team that Preller has showed us he's trying to win right now with.
1: Is there anything more that Preller loves than a left-handed reliever? Why do you say that? Verbal meme, the boyfriend turning his shoulder, looking at a left-handed reliever, and the girlfriend is Franchi. Yeah. I, like, Preller just loves left-handed pitchers.
0: Why? I don't really get where, you're, where that's coming from.
1: I mean, just drafting like Mackenzie Gore. He just, I feel like Preller just loves a lefty.
0: Uh, we well, have, Gore, how, how many, I think a lot of many, people had Gore. We have more
1: lefties in the bullpen right now than righties. We have so many lefties in the bullpen.
0: No, challenge.
1: I, we mu- we have to be up there on most lefties of any other MLB team.
0: Well, everyone's carrying a lot of pitchers because of the expanded rosters and the weird, you know, season regulation. Like, it, it, I don't think we have an an exorbitant amount of lefties.
1: It just seems like we don't need another lefty.
0: I think it was, I think it's fine. I'm I'm fine with it. It hurts a lot, but when you look at Franchy Cordero, we can we can go over him right now. Can you still believe he's only 25 years old?
1: Did not know that.
0: He's Shh shockingly young it's amazing i mean you you know he's young but when you actually see it on paper 25 it's crazy um parts of three seasons with the padres that's why he's been around a long time for us it's coming up as a 22 year old injury issues every year so that's kind of been the problem with him when he plays he's pretty good but he doesn't play a lot whether it's a hand or a hamstring or a quad 79 games played over three seasons he's hit 240 with 10 home runs, I thought those home run totals would be much higher.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's just that those 10 home runs were all massive.
0: Yeah, we remember them. They, they're loud and they go far. And a lot of them happened in a short amount of time. And then he gets hurt. And that's what happens. He, he loses that development. He loses any chance of getting a, a solid chance at an everyday roster spot. It's too bad because he has all the talent in the world. Um, he's a 70 speed guy. On that 2080 scale, he's a 70 plus power guy, uh, probably 60 game power, and probably a 40 hit tool, uh, 45 maybe if we're being generous. His defense was never as good as I thought it was going to be. Um, not quite the center fielder that I thought center field option he could have been. More than capable in right field, probably a probably an above average right fielder. Has a great arm, and it never came together. Still very young, um, but it just all it's always concerning leaving him out there, can he stay healthy? Is he going to run to first base and pull a hamstring? And the outfield's really crowded right now. He wasn't going to start this year. He's looking at like a a fourth outfielder position. Doesn't hit lefties well. Strikes out a ton. His strikeout rate at the major league level has never been below 35%, which is a shocking number. Um, In 2018, when he got his most playing time, he had a 9% walk rate, which is fine. A 33 or a 338 BABIP, which I love BABIP. You're a big BABIP guy, 338. You think is high. League average is 300, but for him, a guy that has the speed that he has and the, the way he hits the ball, he hits the ball hard as anyone is as hard as anyone in baseball. Um, #Statcast darling still only hit 237 in the year that he had a 338 BABIP. So there's actually a lot of pretty big red flags for a guy that already has a high BABIP.
1: You know um, what I did see? This is a little insider info.
0: Made with um, insider info. What do you got?
1: On the scoreboard at Petco this year, BAPIP is up there.
0: Really? I don't know. Why would that be up
1: there? The stat that Petco Park is keeping.
0: For who, though? No one's at the stadium.
1: Yeah, but it's up there. <laughs> if we were there this year, we would have seen BAPIP up on the scoreboard.
0: You—that's your. I mean, that's all you care about. So that's got to be a big, big day for you, then.
1: Should we just make BAPIP shirts?
0: I'd wear a BAPIP shirt
1: got to be brown
0: and yellow though right Uh, well yeah my my entire wardrobe is slowly turning into just variations of brown and yellow and gray
1: love that for you
0: looks good brown and yellow looks good on us um we're gonna go do you think they open up the open up petco at some point this year like no a a month from now for like you know ten thousand fans
1: zero percent chance
0: zero percent okay just just throwing it out there
1: like all you need is a fan yelling and then like getting mike trout sick like <laughs> that would be a nightmare for mlb <laughs> i
0: i'm not gonna say it's not possible but two percent chance they open it up to, to select few you know ten thousand fans or something spread out across that's possible
1: i don't know i don't see it
0: would you go you want even come to the office for a for the studio for a, a podcast you wouldn't go then would you
1: I mean, those tickets would be so expensive, so no.
0: <laughs> I don't think they the, the, They're not going to price gouge us.
1: I, if there's only 10,000 that can go, I think they price gouge.
0: No, I don't think they're charging, whoa, like $150 a and ticket? no way. You can't even
1: like, sit with someone next to you. They'd like put the... You're, like if you and I went to a game, they'd be like, all right, you have to sit 10 chairs away from each
0: other. Well, no, not people that go together. I don't okay. know. I think we're, we, don't, we don't need to debate something that's not going to happen, so never mind.
1: Yeah, 0% chance.
0: Okay, um, so Franchi was made expendable, I think, in part. Uh, well, we'll get to him in a minute, um, but slightly expendable just because you know, the depth of the outfield since they've made that trade for Grisham, um, since Taylor Trammell's come up. The, there's just not a lot of room for him anymore. And then Ronald Bolaños, uh, he came up last year. You guys will remember him. Got some starts towards the end of the season. Pretty mediocre numbers. Um, not just last, well, not la- last year. He was just kind of bad, had a, had a five, nine, five ERA in, uh, 19 innings for the Padres. He just wasn't ready, but had kind of just mediocre numbers in the minors too. always kind of, um, his FIP was just always around four kind of every year in the minors, uh, not holding anything against him, but he's just a so, so prospect for me. Not, not top 15, probably not to top 20.
1: Yeah. So- very, very replaceable. Like not going to miss him at all.
0: He's about a K per nine or a nine, a K per inning in the minors. I always do that. I say K per nine and then I mean K per inning. Um, He's about a K per inning in the minors. Uh, Probably not going to replicate that in the majors. So things I liked, I liked the movement he had on his pitches. I liked that he had variations of his fastball and he could take speed off of it. One fastball is 95, one fastball is 90. Um, I liked that. He, He could be a sneaky back end starter for someone. And then that someone might be the Kansas City Royals. He's still just 23. He's going to be 24 in August. I think getting him and Franchi are, I think it are great pickups for the Royals and they get the opportunity now to, to play every day or play consistently. If you're, you know, Ronald Blanos develop more. And all they had to do was give up a middle reliever that they really don't need at all. Um, It's a, it's a, you know, risk, a high, a high uh, risk. High reward trade for the Royals, but I think it's a home run for them. And for the and for the Padres, I think it's just a so-so deal. It helps middle the middle the uh, bullpen, those five six inning guys, or maybe late. Doesn't Tim Hill doesn't have a lot of experience doing high leverage innings? But if you need him to come in um, late in game to get a tough lefty out, maybe Pomeranz or not Pomeranz because Pomeranz is left-handed too, but maybe you've got. Stammen in trouble or something. Maybe you've got Emilio Pagan in trouble, and there's a tough lefty coming up. Tim Hill's a candidate now to come in and get that guy out. So I think that's kind of where I'm at with it. I think it's a so-so deal for the Padres, but
1: yeah, I, really, I would have loved to see them throw a La Jolla High alum Kyle Zimmer in that trade as well. You know, uh,
0: um, yeah, if you were me or running the Padres, I think that's something you demand. You know, tw- he's yeah. 28 now; he's, he's getting just up throw there.
1: Throw him in there, see see if it it works.
0: I think they're still hoping that they can catch some fire with Kyle Zimmer.
1: Right. A first round pick.
0: Yeah. He still has a ton of team control left but so I mean, so does Tim Hill, but the ceiling for, for Zimmer is much higher than Tim Hill. Yeah. He stays healthy, can string together a couple of good seasons. And all of a sudden he's a mid rotation starter. True. Tim Hill. Yeah. Tim Hill's not going to do that. Right. But what did you, I mean, so you're okay with the deal or you want, you wanted a little bit more. I think reviews. I, wanted more.
1: I mean, better the point that you brought up that he's just never healthy. It's like, you can't, I mean, there was the pipe dream that he was going to be a star player, but if you can't stay healthy, availability is your uh, best aspect.
0: That's what I say to myself every time I'm looking for girls at the bar who's available. True. Uh, if you're Preller and you're th- in your, in you're thinking with your front office staff that we need one more left-handed reliever to make this bullpen you know, even better than it already is. And you're calling around and you find a guy you like. And it's a team that's just asking for Franchi Cordero, who's maybe your fifth outfielder right now. Like you, I think you kind of have to do that.
1: I guess it just, it just hurts.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it was hard for Preller too. Um, Franchi's been in the organization forever, was signed by the Padres back when he was a teenager. He's been here, what, nine years? It's a long time to be part of the organization. Longer than Preller. So it's probably tough to make that move, but um, I respect the guts to do it. I guess roster battles. Want to talk about a few of these before we get into um, you know our breakdown of Edward Olivares, who you know has his own roster battle going on in the outfield, I guess. But starting with the outfield, we've got you know a, a bunch of outfielders. That, I mean, Fam is going to start somewhere, but then like it's kind of up in the air because Grisham. Who's getting the start on opening day? I think Tingler came out and said that, you know, even though Madison Bumgarner is is the opposing pitcher, they're going to start Grisham in center field. Myers, Naylor, Taylor, Trammell, Abraham, Abraham Almonte is still lurking around, and then Edward Olivares. Um, they they traded for Grisham. They want Grisham to play a lot, but they also know he's he's kind of limited in center field. There's the DH, which is nice now. I think um, we're going to see Myers play a lot of DH. I think we're going to see Naylor play a lot of DH. But we also want Fam to DH. So do we see a lot of Ta- Taylor Trammell? Do we see um, a significant amount of Josh Naylor? Like, there's an open open uh, place to put them now at DH, but there's still too many mouths to feed in this outfield. And we all want to see all of ours. So how do you see this outfield kind of playing out?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Fam and Grisham are the two Pretty much everyday starters, and then that third one you're going to rotate in there.
0: Yeah, we've got in, but there's look at here. There's two, four. You know, there's six guys.
1: I, I don't, I don't see Abraham Abraham Almonte making any noise this. I year. wasn't
0: even counting him with those six. So six what spots.
1: What about the uh, A's guy that we traded for that uh has COVID?
0: Jorge Mateo. So I think yeah. we're going to see more of him in at second base. I don't. I have no idea what's going on with second base. We'll get, we'll get we to that in a second. So
1: many second basemen.
0: <laughs> yeah, and none of them are any good. So he can play second. He can play other infield positions in an emergency. And I think they we, we talked about him playing center field a little bit too. True. We do. So he's he's a big speed guy. They they say he can play the outfield, and if he can play the outfield with that speed and center, that could potentially be an asset. Maybe late game, he comes in as a defensive replacement, um, or he comes in like Grisham. Uh, They pinch it for Grisham or something late when there's a a tough lefty. Jorge Mateo is going to play a little bit. I don't think he's like we talked about him when he got traded for. I don't think he's a big impact player this year or even beyond. So Taylor Trammell, Grisham and Naylor are all lefties. So when there's a lefty on the mound, those guys aren't all going to play. I'm guessing I'm guessing we don't see much of Taylor Trammell this year. There's just not a lot of room for him.
1: I hope you're wrong. He's my boy, and you know that. I know you love
0: him, but what have you seen from him in, sp- in uh, summer camp that's been that great so far? He hasn't that really stood dope, out
1: to me. Dope catch in right field.
0: Yeah, is a, a nice catch. Um, offensively, I haven't seen him do much.
1: True, but you know he'll get there.
0: So second base, there's Profar, there's Cronenworth. Teamwork seems to like Cronenworth. Have you noticed that? Cronenworth gets a lot of PT in summer camp
1: yeah um, I mean, in summer camp, do you think it's just that because he's never seen him and he's seen France and Garcia?
0: Maybe, but he's playing shortstop too. I've noticed him come in defensively when Tatis comes out of the game. He, he goes, yeah
1: I, I mean, I heard Tingler I some comment. I heard him say like he wouldn't be surprised if he's dHing Machado and Tatis like regularly,
0: well, yeah, that's yeah, we were talking about that earlier in the show, like how they want to rotate the d h around a lot. So that I think Cronenworth sounds like the guy who's going to be next man up on the left side of the infield, which is interesting.
1: I mean, isn't France originally a third baseman?
0: Yes, um, but can play second and first, too. So he's he's pretty versatile, and that's nice for him. That's probably the only reason why he's still on the roster. Uh, Greg Garcia is hanging around, and then Jorge Mateo, like you mentioned. So there's a lot of mouths to feed there at second base and. None of them, I don't think any of them are a long term answer either.
1: Yeah, I, I wouldn't be upset with us going and getting another second baseman next year.
0: Do you know uh, this offseason, DJ Lemayhu and Colton Wong are going to be free agents?
1: I would take either of them.
0: Yeah, or, you know, we just did a trade with the Royals. We were talking about Whit Merrifield earlier in the offseason, too. Um, he's not, he's 31, I think.
1: But will CJ Abrams be ready next year?
0: No, I don't. I don't want to throw CJ. I mean, he's never he hasn't played above rookie ball. So let's let's pump the brakes. He played, I think, a handful of games at low A. Uh, there's no reason to think CJ Abrams is going to be ready for the majors next year. Bring him up. So, last position is catcher. There's three oh. catchers that have a chance oh my to God. make a noise here. Catcher. It's your favorite player, Austin Hedges. It's Francisco Mejia, who I think is slowly turning into everyone else's catcher. Although I haven't seen him do anything. Spectacular. Other than not be Austin Hedges, and then Luis Torrens, who I think um, people are starting to appreciate more and more. The and
1: there's a fourth guy too.
0: Um, not yeah. really.
1: He got an at bat last night and got a hit.
0: I'm blanking on his name. Me too. Can you pull that up real quick? What the hell was that guy's name? It's loading. It starts with a W. There's a W in there.
1: Wilbur, Webster Rivas,
0: Webster. Wilbur was close. Yeah, uh, Webster Rivas is a non-factor. But Hedges, who he's either you know at a pool party getting COVID, or he's swinging at pitches in the dirt, or he's taking pitches down the middle for strike three. Pick pitch, whatever one you want to complain about. He does it all. Francisco Mejia. Um, like I said, I haven't seen him do anything to separate himself from hedges other than he's just not hedges.
1: Right. I mean, I think I would like to see what we talked about in the offseason: Mejia start. And then if we get a lead, bring in hedges and be like your closing catcher.
0: I would love that from like, give him the first two at bats. And like, let's say we have a lead after six and he just, maybe he just hit in the fifth or something. Hedges comes in the game. Yeah. I think that would be a really creative solution to this. And It would help close out games a little. I mean, the the staff loves throwing to him and he calls a really good game. But we, we traded a pretty significant piece in Brad Hand to go get Francisco Mejia. And I think it's time that he's the starter. I think we've seen enough from Hedges at this point to know that he's not the guy. He's a very good backup catcher, very good defensive catcher, elite defensive catcher. But I think it's time to see what we have with Francisco Mejia. In a short season, we need another bat in the lineup.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that,
0: and I think we should see a lot of Luis Torrens too, because Luis Torrens sounds like he's a little mix of both—better offensively than Hedges, better defensively than Mejia—but probably on a team where there's only one of those players, Torrens is the backup. So, a good, another good replacement level, or slightly better catcher in Luis Torrens, who I think still has the potential to be um a starting caliber catch, starting caliber catcher in the league if he's given an opportunity. So I like Terenz, I like Mejia and Hedges is whatever for me. But um I think we need to see what we have in those last those first two guys, Mejia and Terenz. I
1: would agree.
0: Before we get out of here, we gotta talk about Edward Olivares. So Wade, this is your guy or no you're you're a Tremel guy. You can't claim Olivares also. Yeah
1: no Tremel's my guy.
0: Although we've we've commented in the past how we've, we both liked him and Travis Radke came on here and said how much he liked him and was happy for him. So let's get a refresher course on Edward. Uh, he was in the Jan Hervis Solarte deal from Toronto, signed as a teenager there in 2014. He was really good last year in AA, helped the Saudis win a Texas League title. He was on my first team, All-Padres prospect squad for 2019. Hits for a decent average hits for pretty good power. um, Although he's kind of projected to be a below average power guy at the major league level and showed off a lot of speed in the minors last year. I think he stole close to 30 bases. Um, I don't think he's going to be that kind of speed guy in the majors. I think you're going to see some regression there, but a guy that flirts with 15 homers, 20 steals, maybe slightly better ranked the 29th best prospect in the Padres system. According to fam graphs, I think they're probably going to update that. And whether we fully believe it or not, he probably helped influence this Franchi Cordero, Cordero deal. Um, if he's if he's a non-factor in summer camp, I don't think we see Franchi traded. I'm not yeah. sure that's I what mean, happened. He,
1: but I he, think he really kind of showed up in summer camp, and I think Preller is behind him.
0: If, if Preller was on the fence, maybe, this just made it easier. That, right. That's probably what happened. Um, projected 50-hit. 50 power, 55 speed guy. So kind of jack of all trades. I can get behind a guy like that. It's it's a little similar profile. Um, well, I mean, I mean, the end result is probably going to be similar to Taylor Trammell. The skills are different, but I think the stats, you're going to probably end up being close to the same. Trammell has more power. He's going to have a higher on-base percentage. But, um, you know, in terms of, you know, the end result stats, you know, like a, a an average batting average... Um, the the Babbitt skills, you know, the speed skills um, defensively, they're, they're more similar than you think. And one's um, lefty, one's righty. So I think they're going to complement each other pretty well. And potentially those are your future left fielder and right fielder. So um, and I think you can play center field in a pinch. He's a he's a 55. We talked about him earlier. He's a, you know, slightly above average defensive center um, defensive outfielder. I think he could be you know, in a pinch, uh, an option to play center field.
1: Yeah. I mean, and he's only 24.
0: Yeah. Not, not far behind Franchi Cordero. Um, The things that I'm worried about are the plate discipline and the pitch recognition. So while we were just, I was just comparing him to Trammell not worried about his plate discipline at all. Is he a little too passive sometimes? I think that's what the criticism has been of him um, coming up through the minors, and, um, I guess last year when analysts are you know really keeping an eye on him because he's approaching the major league level, 2 Path pass- plate discipline good, but too passive with your approach. Bad, and Olivares not too, or uh, disciplines. You know, definitely not a problem with him. He's ready to swing, but pitch recognition might be an issue with him. So I think his swing is a little long, too. I mean, watching him. The last few days, I've seen a long swing from him and he's he's getting eaten up on things inside. He can catch up to a fastball, that's for sure. He no problem hitting that fastball. But can he recognize a breaking ball from you know one of the better pitchers in baseball? I'm not so sure yet. He's not gonna kill you in batting average or on base. Capable I think he's a capable big leader, even as soon as um this year. Uh, there's not really much of a platoon split, so I don't think that's going to be a factor with him moving forward, playing lefty righty matchups. Um, but I just I, I want to warn you know anyone who's listening that's part of Padres Twitter to not put too high of expectations on him just because he's already 24. He's kind of maxed out developmentally from a from a minor league standpoint. It I there there's still room to grow here. I mean, there's always for anyone his age, there's plenty of room to grow. But he, his prospect pedigree is not you know, a top 10 prospect. He's not a top 100 guy in Major League Baseball. He never has been. And those guys can come along and surprise you. That happens all the time, too. But I wouldn't bet on that happening. I think he, I think he can turn into a solid Major Leaguer, and I'm, I'm happy to, to see him up. Um, I'm not sure how much he's going to play this year. But when we do see him, I think he's going to be exciting.
1: Very negative review by you. I thought you would be more pumped, especially... I thought, it was, a,
0: I thought it was a very temperate <laughs> review. It was very temperate. I just said I'm excited to watch him play. What do you want from me?
1: Okay. thought you'd be a little more jazzed for him.
0: I don't get jazzed. Initially, I can be jazzed or really, you know, my emotions can fly any direction in the moment. But when uh, I have time, time to prepare a podcast, you know, I'm going to be uh, have time to consider all the options. Okay. Touche. Very level-headed I'm a very level-headed podcaster Wade.
1: Debatable, but I see <laughs> your point.
0: It depends, I guess, but with Edward Olivares, I'm I'm just reserving my hope. I think uh like I said, I'm I'm, I'm excited to see him play and I think he's going to have a decent year when he plays. I think he's going to be fun to watch, but um between Grisham, Pham, Myers, Naylor, he's the odd man out. He's he's gonna be Taylor Tremell-ish. I think he and Taylor probably play the same amount. Okay. But I don't think that's a bad thing. It, he, I think next year we're gonna see, you know, more of a chance. Maybe in the offseason, Will Myers gets moved or you never know. But uh, I think it's it's almost Edward Oliveira's time and it's almost Taylor Tremell's time. It's just a matter of finding space for these guys. The outfield's it's deep right now.
1: It is. And that's a good thing.
0: That's another another thing. The fam trade was such a I like fam, but it just kind of clogged everything up. You're preventing the young guys from developing. You know, it's it's a win now. now
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I like I like fam a lot on paper, but. win now, Preller wants to win now, so I guess you that's the deal you make when you want to win. So anyway, any other final thoughts from you?
1: No, I think we've nailed
0: it. I mean, 60-0, baby. Watch us lose game one. (laughs) You've been listening to, uh, or thank you for listening. I'm getting ahead of myself. Please follow the show's Twitter account, at Fryer Farmhands. And if you enjoy the show, subscribe. We're on all your favorite platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, and iHeart.
1: You can also find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. Please leave your comments, questions, concerns, and your rating of the show on all platforms.
0: You've been listening to the Believe in Padres Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, San Diego's number one sports podcast network. I am Reinhardt. That was Wade. Next time we talk to you, we're going to have real baseball games going on.
1: Yeah, we should still be undefeated. See you next week. I don't even fucking know how to open up new windows on this. <laughs> Dude, this fucking sucks.
0: <laughs> you sound like a boomer right now.
1: Thank you for listening to Believe.